You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Wilkin. Hey, Kyle. And JT English. Hey, Kyle. And on today's episode, we are coming close to ending the discussion of the Apostles' Creed as we explore what is the resurrection of the body. Hope you enjoy the discussion. Anybody seen any good movies recently? Yes. What did you see? I saw Little Women. My wife thought she loved it with Antonette. Why didn't you go? <laughs> uh, just, uh, I don't you know. You should have gone. Sorry. Do you think you weren't in the demographic? No, because, I don't know. I don't want to be trapped here. Okay. I didn't <laughs> okay. see the, I didn't <laughs> we see took, the Here's what we did. We miscalculated. <laughs> we took the whole family okay. four days before Mary-Kate got married. Oh, man. And so was it a cry fest? all... Yeah. Bald. Like it was one of those things where I'm like, I didn't want to look to my left or my right to find out I was the only one who was losing it. And I mean, we walked out into the foyer afterwards and we're all just like a slobbering mess. And Jeff is like, what were we thinking? We're all dehydrated. And yeah, it was, it was really well done. Okay. Lauren, my wife loved it. I'll have to, I'll have to watch it. I saw Ford versus Ferrari, which yeah? was pretty good. Yeah. Which is a fun movie. Did you cry in that one? I did. It was real emotional. It was? Yeah. No. Oh. What's, <laughs> the, what's the movie? So you've cried in a little way. Have you ever cried in a movie? That oh, like just, man. Let me think. The movie that I cried the most in, oh, and I I'm got, not even a dog person, my dog Skip. Yeah, I always cry in animals. Though. I am not even a pet dog person, but there's a scene in there in the baseball field where he hits that dog, and I wept <laughs> like a baby. I mean, just <laughs> cried. I was, oh, and I was like you know, 11 at the time, but yeah. I wept. Uh, this is... I watched a movie on sabbatical that I've been told to watch for like a decade, and I just haven't. Goodwill Hunting. Uh, you had I, never I, I know, seen hold on, Goodwill hold on, Hunting. Hold on, hold on. I, think I, I feel like I'm being trapped here. Okay, uh, it's not for a reason. It was one of those things that just never happened. And then whenever I would see it, like on TBS, it was always like 15 minutes in. You're like, well, I can't start it now. Yeah, because so it was one of those things where it's like it, I knew how good it was. I needed like <laughs> to be able to process it. And it's I, not it, your fault. That was it. It was like. oh. Like it just <laughs> you, that's hilarious. That was it. Okay, related to this, yeah. do you know that I? Oh, no, you don't know. I saw Braveheart. Um, uh, Braveheart. The first. Well, that was, that was, a that was good. Great accent. Can we get a clip of that. Yeah, just, <laughs> we're gonna uh, that's that my new ringtone. ringtone. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, okay, so I was, uh, gosh, probably in middle school or high school, and my grandparents, I guess, had like Braveheart had been on TV, and then they recorded it on a VHS. So you had like the clean version. Yes, and I did. I I had only seen it up to the point to where they like win the last big battle that he wins. That that's when the vi- the video cut out. Um. So I'm sitting in college, my freshman year. My buddy's like, "You want to watch Braveheart?" I'm like, "Yeah, I want to watch Braveheart." So we watch it. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, what's happening? And then he dies at the end of it, and I was yeah, freaking freaked out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how did I miss this? I didn't even think it was part of the yeah. movie. I thought it was like an ad. Like it's not even just part of the movie, Kyle. It's also part of history. <laughs> True <laughs> enough. Yeah. True enough. Well, today we're back in the Apostles' Creed, and we are looking at uh, the resurrection of the dead. And so I'm going to read the Apostles' Creed for us, and then we'll jump into talking about the resurrection of the dead. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 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 So today we're going to spend a few moments talking about the resurrection of the dead. So what is resurrection? What, what, what does it mean? What is resurrection? Yeah, it's to, it's to have been dead, to be without life, and to have life again. The Bible uh, talks about at least three different, I don't want to say kinds or types, mm-hmm. but there's not all resurrections are the same, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So you've got uh, Elijah raising a boy. You have uh, Jesus raising Jairus' daughter and Lazarus. Peter raises Dorcas. Paul raises uh, Eutychus. Or you, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so you've got these different pictures, but all of those people – die again. And so it's a resurrection unto death again. Mm -hmm. That's not quite what we're talking about here. We're talking about resurrection unto life everlasting. And so then the Bible also talks about Jesus's resurrection. Jesus in, in, after his, in, in, uh, and we've already covered this in the creed that he was crucified, dead and buried and was raised to the third day. So that's the second resurrection that we're talking about here, that Jesus resurrects and then ascends into heaven. But this is a different resurrection. Mm -hmm. This is the resurrection of believers. Uh, it is connected to Jesus' resurrection, which and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul calls calls it the first fruit. Jesus yeah. is the first fruit, mm-hmm. which means our resurrection is like his, but ours hasn't happened yet. It right. is it is one that's coming. So there is a coming resurrection. That's right. And this is what the creed is talking about. Yeah. It's not talking about Jesus' resurrection no. specifically. No, we've already covered that in the right. creed. So now we're talking about the resurrection of the dead. So does this mean to say that one day all of us will experience a bodily resurrection? Yeah. Yeah. Will it be like Lazarus? No. Well, Lazarus died again. Right. Yeah. And this yeah. and this resurrection will be uh, into to, no death. Yeah, to be raised incorruptible yeah. is mm-hmm. the language and that incorruptibility. Well, JT had a little reading club he kicked up over his sabbatical. <laughs> Maybe. Where they talked about oh, yeah. on the incarnation yeah, and I was like, Athan- I did. Athanasius, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I'm like, oh, there's JT broadcasting from Instagram in front stories. of his Christmas tree again. It was perfect. Relaxing yeah. much? Yeah, uh, yeah. Macy's like, this is how he relaxes. I was like, I've, yeah, because he's a robot. Um, no, but Athanasius spends some time on this, and it was mm-hmm. fun because actually now I will confess that Jeff Wilkin was doing the reading club. He, he was all me. in, yeah. and he had our. We have a really janky copy of on the Incarnation. He's like, "Where did this come from?" And I'm like, "I read this. Like, I read it. You know, probably 15 or 20 years ago, uh, but I hadn't read it probably since. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, you've mentioned it uh, off and on at times, and it's brought back memories. But the thing that struck him was the same thing that struck me. Uh, when I read it back then, the whole mention of, of the incorruptibility mm-hmm. of, of Jesus and, and, and how that is such an important part of the story of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Jesus talks about this. He talks about it in John 5. He says, do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in their tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Mm. So there, this is that future resurrection. Yeah. So we're not resurrection optional. Right. It is going to happen for everybody, regardless of what you believe. And there's so many. I, I wish I wish we could talk about all the implications, but at least one or two that come to mind here are that sometimes when, I, when I'm just talking with Christians, members at our church or whatever, is we actually have pla- misplaced our hope, and I'm going to overstate it, in death 
not in resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we'll talk about death being a good thing yeah. because now we're in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And the Bible doesn't really describe death that way. In fact, mm-hmm. it has a different view of death. It's called a curse. Or, or an enemy. Or the an last enemy. enemy. Mm-hmm. And so Barry Jones, who teaches for us in the training program, will say, never call a friend what God calls an enemy. Mm-hmm. I do understand what we mean when, when we do want to – uh, be grateful that perhaps a loved one is no longer suffering. If, yes. if, if, so like, I, I'm not trying to say that it's all bad. I'm saying, yes, we, to be in the presence of the Lord is better than to be suffering. But our hope is not in death. Our hope is in the fact that Jesus has overcome death and will one day give us life everlasting. Mm-hmm. That's the first, at least one of the first implications. Another one is that our hope is inherently material, yeah. physical. Like uh, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So our fundamental hope isn't to go up vertical, but is for God's kingdom to come down, right? So it's not, let's get out of this world. Mm -hmm. It's bring your world to this Mm -hmm. world. And that's what the resurrection is, is establish your kingdom here forever. Overthrow every single one of the kingdoms of the world. Overthrow death, your final enemy, so that all of us who are in Christ might be raised to everlasting, incorruptible, and eternal life. Yeah. So if somebody uh, is a has been found faithful in Christ and they have died up until this very moment in the history of redemption are they, they're currently in the presence of the Lord but are they currently there in bodily form no okay no. now that can be that can be disconcerting for people to hear right so what does that mean and how does that connect to the resurrection of the dead we don't have anything to fear in death because Jesus has overcome death and I think we can without a doubt say that in a spiritual sense our loved ones are experiencing the presence of God in a way that is just beyond imagination it's beautiful this is not we're not lacking in any hope uh, but we still do have a future hope yep. that their bodies will one day be raised whether they're in tombs in graves or cremated whatever it is Jesus puts physical life back together and unites our souls and our bodies so that we might experience that eternally Okay, so to say that currently uh, those who are in the presence of the Lord, who have died, who are in the presence of the Lord, are not embodied is Mm -hmm. not to say that they will forever be disembodied. That's right. It is to say that there is a time coming in in redemption history where they will be knit to their resurrected body, Mm -hmm. incorruptible forever. That's right. Okay. I think that's a really – I think that's a really significant thing because nowhere more than in death – and in the journey to heaven, do we see the impact of kind of folk belief and popular culture belief on the impact of Christian theology more? I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, whether it's people with wings mm-hmm. or it's they become angels or it's uh, – I actually hear a lot of people talk about like people inheriting uh, divine attributes in death. It's like, well, they're looking down on us. Or, or they, they become d- age 33. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I mean like there's just all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that kind of – like we've used the picture barnacles on the boat mm-hmm. that have just attached themselves to belief in death and in resurrection and, and in the present. Um, and so when we think about the future hope of the resurrection of the dead, uh, there is both a glorious goodness to that hope. And there is also a startling reality of judgment to that reality, right? The resurrection of the dead is not just, it's not just, um, marked by the gracious by the grace of God and in, uh, in mercy but it is also marked by 
the holiness of God in judgment. Yes? Yeah. Well, and as we've pointed out in previous sections of looking at the creed, there's a reason that this phrase occurs where it does in the creed. It comes after the statement that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. Because to speak of the resurrection of the dead before speaking of the forgiveness of sins is a little terrifying. Uh, And because of the forgiveness of sins, we understand that we will be raised to, to life everlasting. Yeah. Okay. But yes, absolutely. Those who have not received the forgiveness of sins are raised to judgment. To judgment. Now, <clears throat> that um, is terrifying. That is sobering, to say the least. Um, and so, when we think about that, so if you're, so somebody's listening to this episode, and they're thinking, okay, well, I thought resurrection was just this good thing. It's the end of death. It is the end of death. But it is. But the end of death comes by way of God's judgment Mm -hmm. against the root of death, right? Mm -hmm. Which is sin, Mm -hmm. right? And it's his forever judgment for good of all that is sin and marked by sin. Shame, guilt, death is included in that. Mm -hmm. So, because I do think that when we think about resurrection, we think about it as like death, death is no more. That is true, mm-hmm. but we think about it almost in terms of just like it's the like death is absolved or it's done, like the mm-hmm. era of death is gone, which is true, but it comes by way of God's holy judgment mm-hmm. against that which is marked by sin and death, right? Well, yeah, and if you think about it, the the moment of judgment is the ultimate act of bringing order out of chaos. Yeah, I mean that, and I don't. I don't mean to say that like flippantly at all, but God brings order out of chaos. We see him starting Hmm. in Genesis and that's what he's doing here at the end end of days also is he is sorting good fish from bad fish. He is sorting wheat from chaff. He is bringing order out of chaos. What bridge is God calling you to cross that the gospel might go forth among the nations? Women like Lilius Trotter, Harriet Newell, and Sarah Hall Boardman Judson have indeed crossed their own bridges to get to the lost. Discover the stories of 10 inspiring female missionaries who changed the world for Christ. 10 Women Who Changed the World is seminary president Daniel Aiken's powerful tribute to these women who fulfilled the Great Commission. May we all follow in their footsteps. 10 Women Who Changed the World is available wherever books are sold. Have you ever wondered what is God's heart towards you? In this noisy world, God's heart beats hard with love and mercy. But how can God share his heart with us when he doesn't have our attention? You're invited to spend 100 days discovering the beautiful, merciful heart of God with Overflowing Mercies, a new devotional by Craig Allen Cooper. The Lord is not ashamed of you or quick-tempered toward your faults. Each one of your weaknesses, faults, frailties, and failures does more to arouse God's love than to stir up His anger. If you could fathom in some small way how warmly God truly feels about you, the faintest grasp of His immeasurable affection would reduce you to tearful wonder and heartfelt gratitude. As God's mercies are new every single morning, overflowing mercies will continue to be a constant well of refreshing comfort, encouragement, and strength. It's perfect for personal quiet times, family and dinner table devotions, and small groups. Let this devotional help you get intentional, stay connected to God, and continue loving others. Order your copy of Overflowing Mercies, 100 Meditations on the Tender Heart of God today at moodypublishers.com or wherever great books are sold.
First Corinthians 15, yep. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Would you read, um, uh, in just a moment, would you read the, I'm thinking of First Corinthians 15, like 41 through 45, like the last yeah. part of that. But before we get there, I think it's important to ask the question, even though it may seem like very obvious, just to be clear, what is a body? Like when we're talking about bodily resurrection, mm-hmm. I think it's important to talk about what is a body. Because uh, oftentimes when we're thinking about this resurrection, we almost always think about it in terms of spiritual soul level. Mm-hmm. So if you, but then you, when you can move people to thinking through a bodily resurrection, I often find that people have a – it's a real malnourished anthropology, so to speak, malnourished view uh, of the body. Yeah, the, the definition of a body that jumped out to me as I was working on books on the doctrine of God was that a body is a set of limits. Mm-hmm. And that's significant when you think about the resurrection of the dead, because, again, one of these misconceptions about what the afterlife will be like is that we will have thrown off all limits. But the fact that we will be embodied for eternity means that we will forever be limited humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that like people are like, oh, that's a little disappointing. It's like, no, no, no. That's what you were made to Mm be. Right. Uh, Because uh, God gives limits so that we would trust our limitedness to his limitlessness and yeah. eternity is is this opportunity to do so perfectly. Yeah. And uh, so a body is a set of limits, which means that in the new heavens and the new earth, we will not like... Immediately get a download of all the knowledge yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we will still be limited. Right. In, but, but I think that's kind of cool because I think I've said this before that um, for the Bible nerd, we, we think of eternity as... Um, as unlimited time to learn mm. from a limited perspective. Yeah. Like uh, the, the learning process will still take place, but it will not have a, a boundary line on when it will mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. And we, and I, I think that it's also encouraging because the most bland conceptions of the new heavens and the new earth are static concepts. Mm-hmm. You arrive there and everything is as it is like that forever, mm-hmm. as opposed to there will continue to be growth, mm-hmm. transformation, mm-hmm. right? As we are transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Well, but also just like in, in Eden, like they were created to need food and rest. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to need food and rest in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I think so. Like food and rest, those are good reminders that God sustains us. So would we not have those? I don't know. I'm asking. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, what are the implications of having a body? I think think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that we probably like we won't be subject to the um, to the temptations of fear over not having enough or the abuse of having too much. Mm -hmm. Right. So like we won't fall into scarcity or gluttony. Right. Right. But there will be like the proper feast forever. The proper fullness forever. Okay. Related to having bodies is the question everybody wants answered anytime you talk about this. Mm-hmm. Will we be naked? Wait. Whoa. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like married. <laughs> I'm telling you, I get asked this For all real? the time. I have never, I've never ever been asked considered either. it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they were naked in Eden. Uh, yeah. But were they intended? Were they? You think they would have stayed naked That's forever? That's the question. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, and then people are always like, "No, no, no!" It says we're robed in linen, fine linen, uh, the righteousness of the saints. And I'm like, "What if that is metaphor, guys? <laughs> is, does Revelation have metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> no, just a little bit sprinkled in. Okay. Um, I I gotta tell you, I don't have an answer to the nudity question in heaven. Do you, if JT? If you're well, out there and I you're a scholar, I, I don't have, know that I have an answer, but I don't think 
uh, this is not meant to be like a Jesus juke, but Jesus wasn't naked in his resurrection. I like it. I'm rooting for clothes, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Producers just, yeah. they like that answer a lot. They were like, yes, thank you for telling us we're uh-huh. not going to be naked uh-huh. in heaven. Um, okay, so you're going to read 1 Corinthians 15? Yeah, I'm going I'm to jump a couple of sections. Come this on. is 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is a man from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Then jumping down to verse 55. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Yeah. So, there, that I mean, that's the picture, right? Like, question number one, what's the difference between an earthly body and a spiritual body? I don't think that's a good question. I don't think spiritual means not embodied. Yeah. It means now empowered fully with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I agree. And fully restored. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It is giving us a really beautiful picture of some Genesis 1 and 2 creation yeah. imagery, mm-hmm. right? So you have the man of dust who was given the spirit of mm-hmm. life, but then you have the one who gave it to him who comes as the second Adam, who is this life-bearing spirit who is the man of heaven. Yeah. I'm, I'm ripping this off from someone, but it's one of my favorite insights from studying Genesis was that the first Adam inhales the spirit and the second Adam exhales. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Should we wrap up this podcast? That was so good, isn't it? Like, oh man. Yep. Yeah. That's why you are the pug princess of preachers. All I'm doing is ripping (laughs) off. You're not supposed to say that on mic. (laughs) Okay, so we've got Kathy Bapti (laughs) over here, and we've got the pug princess of preachers. Knowing faith listeners, can we get that to catch on? No, let's please, (laughs) let's please not. I don't need another Kathy Bapti in the mentions. Um, Uh, but we also we also get there too the picture of how our resurrection is tied to the resurrection of Jesus. Right. We don't actually get to experience resurrection apart from the historical, like the actual right. Jesus resurrected. And I think this is we we talk about this. Um, there is a history of salvation that precedes an order of salvation. Now, okay, so like a lot of times when we think about uh, Christian salvation, we're talking about faith, repentance, justification, sanctification, glorification, so on and so forth, future resurrection. Indwelling of the Spirit. Indwelling of the Spirit. Oh, gosh, don't bring this full I'm just circle. saying okay. it's part of the <laughs> But there is a history of salvation that, that grounds these realities. I totally agree and with the, you. And this is why when people uh, will say things like, the only way for our f- the future resurrection, the Bible has that the Bible talks about to make sense for us is rooted in the historical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He is, as scripture will say elsewhere, the first fruits, yep. right? 
he is the triumphant. If Colossians one is painting him almost as the head of the parade, right? The firstborn over all creation, mm-hmm. the first fruits. He is leading the triumphant procession, preeminent, um, as he leads out the the resurrected sons and daughters behind him, right? Absolutely. In one sense, this is like the already not yet. This has happened, and this will happen. Yes. Okay. Can we talk about something I see very commonly in this discussion of resurrection and receiving our new bodies? That is a first world problem. We are so removed in our first world settings from death and dying. Hmm. And in fact, so much of what we spend our time doing is looking for ways to make a corruptible body incorruptible Mm. in this life, uh, that when we think about the resurrection of the body, we tend to think of it almost from a vanity standpoint or a fitness standpoint, Mm. but that historically it would not have been viewed so, uh, that for those who understood uh, infant and um, maternal death rates the way that they have been for most of human history, for those who understood uh, what it meant to have pandemics, um, Mm. starvation, famine, all of these things, war, that uh, this is a very real and imminent hope for Mm. those who are facing those things daily. Mm -hmm. But for us, we're a little insulated from it. And I'm amazed at how often I hear someone say something about how they are looking forward to having a better figure. Mm. Like that's common in women's circles to make some offhanded joke about how one day I won't have these same thighs or Mm -hmm. I won't. And it's like, oh, don't diminish what Mm. we're talking about here. Yeah. And the church is, as you're pointing out, is not removed from this at no, all. No, not the church universal, not the not the the modern church, mm-hmm. but but in in a first world setting, yeah. we can grow forgetful. And I will say this: sometimes intentionally so, yeah. of the corruptibility of of the human body, mm-hmm. and that it's good for us to be reminded. This is why, even though no one wants to get the phone call telling you that you're having a health crisis or that a loved one is, that there is in that a, a a good touch point for us to say this is why the resurrection matters because mm-hmm. one day these phone calls will not happen anymore. That's yeah. right. One thing I lament with kind of modern church um, architecture is mm-hmm. that we don't have graveyards anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this is a point made. I think Russell Moore made it last year, a couple years ago. Think about every Sunday growing up uh, mm-hmm. in, let's just say, the 1800s and – or, I mean, just goodness, almost any church anywhere in history – and you hear the good news of the resurrection preached and you walk outside and you see your wife's grave mar- mm-hmm. grave marker mm-hmm. or your husband's or your grandparents or your mom's or your dad's. And that resurrection hope that you just heard preached is not light at all. And those offhanded side comments about having better thighs do become pretty trite. Mm-hmm. And you realize one day this graveyard will be emptied. That's right. And they will raise victoriously from the grave the same way Jesus did and reign with him eternally. Mm-hmm. That's the Christian hope. You know – we have an Advent book that we have done with the kids for years, and um, the last page is a – doors that you open like a lot of Advent books, but the last page is a, is a red door of the typical Episcopal church mm. and how you would have walked through the graveyard and passed through the red door mm. into the sanctuary, which was this parable, this living parable of, the, of passing from death to life by the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. And there are images like that that we just don't – spend time on the way that people did for for centuries before that kept driving home the significance of spiritual and bodily resurrection. Mm -hmm. That is a good hope. One thing I'll I'll just, I I think we're 
maybe wrapping up, but I've been thinking about this just as, as a pastor, like one of the most important things that we can do for our people when they are hurting or when they're maybe experiencing themselves dying mm. or a loved one dying mm-hmm. is to number one, just sit with them and hold their hand and yeah. remind them that this is not the end. Mm-hmm. Your body will be victoriously mm-hmm. and gloriously raised. Um, but also as the church, when we're living in a, in a society where we we have tried to put death out of view, whether it's, you know, cremation or graves, you know, graveyards going away, mm-hmm. like the church has an opportunity to step back into the space that everybody fears most and tell the world that in Christ, we do not have to fear death, mm-hmm. but we can enter into the darkest places. Like, like I want our, I want our pastoral staff in uh, you know, retirement facilities mm-hmm. or, or, or uh, dementia facility, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, people who are really like, this is the place the church really might have an opportunity to proclaim the good news of Jesus's defeat over death, that we are the ones who are preaching the only message that says there's not just spiritual hope, but a physical hope mm-hmm. for people who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good, y'all. That's good. For more information, you can look into the show notes in the podcast description. We'd be honored for you to leave us a podcast review on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. You can find us online at trainingthechurch.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter by searching Knowing Faith. On our next episode, we're going to be digging into the story of a seller of purple goods, a Philippian jeller, and an unknown God. See you next time. Grace and peace.